Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. This is a show about philanthropy, entrepreneurship, positive thinking, and humanity. A show that will help you make the decision when that hour is upon you. Our guests share their experiences, expertise, and their stories during their decision hour. You get to hear what they are doing today and how it might help you in the future. My guest today is the same way, and she's doing great things in the community, and we'll bring her on here in just a few minutes. But first, I want to give a huge thanks to Heroes Media Group and all the great shows and sponsors of the network. To learn more about the Heroes Media Group or how you can become part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Now grab a pen, something to write with, because it's at that time, folks. It's time for your decision hour. My guest today is, I'm so happy to have her on and, and blessed to call her a friend. She's been a friend of mine now for the latter part of about a year and a half. Um, she's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And uh, I'm telling you, you you're going to want to take a lot of notes because uh, when you find out what the topic is today, you're going to be like, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, this isn't her first time on the show. She's been on the show before. Uh, so please help me welcome my good friend, Marla Matson. Marla, how are you, dear? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been a while. Um, you know, how are things with you right now? Everything good? Everything's pretty amazing. I'm actually, I'm at my dad's house right now. I'm not in my normal studio, but uh, I'm helping my dad recover from a little knee surgery. And he's doing fantastic, by the way. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. God, look at this. And she's such, just, not only just a good person, folks, look at that, taking care of her father, such a good daughter. <laughs> awesome. Well, Marla, I want to, let's jump right into this. I want you to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, thanks for having me on again. It was a blast last time here with you guys. Um, so I got started, well, we won't say how many years ago, but a long time ago in a far, far away land, um, I was a doula helping women through labor and delivery and postpartum with their babies. And I was also a massage therapist, uh, specifically for women who were pregnant and postpartum. So I ended up helping couples at that very intimate time when you have a child and typically most couples, when you have a child, they focus all the attention on the child and then they wake up like a year or two later and they realize, who are these two people? I don't even know who you are anymore. So I was invited really to coach couples on how to reconnect after the first year of having a child. And so I coached for a long time couples, um, on intimacy and relationships and communication. I took tons of trainings. And then I had my own sort of, I don't know, God moment where uh, I was in a car accident, rolled my car down to Panga Canyon, which is a deep canyon here in Los Angeles. And I sort of had the option to say, what do I really want to do with the rest of my life if I had another life to live? Because I felt like I had Really, it was a very near-death experience rolling down that canyon. And I ended up uh, going back to school, and I got a degree in mathematics and neuroscience and got a master's degree in mathematics. I know you wouldn't necessarily think that. <laughs> wow. Nice, right? nice. It was pretty unexpected for me also. I didn't even know I was great at math. I just had a big crush on my middle school math teacher, uh, so I thought there, that's and why there I was there it is. Math. There it is. Let's, <laughs> the truth be told. Whatever inspires you, you know. <laughs> So, um, uh, yeah, I went back to school, got those degrees, ended up becoming a high school math teacher with inner city kids in Los Angeles for seven years. Wow. 
Yeah. And so throughout that time, I was still coaching. I was coaching couples. I was coaching um, leaders. I was coaching um, educators on how to lead their departments. I worked with, um, you know, districts around the country on how to increase efficiency and effectiveness in the classroom and a number of other things. So uh, that's the back background. And then I moved into really getting serious about what I truly love to do. And that is working with couples. And so I went back to coaching full time. I resigned from the district and I went back to coaching couples full time. So let's, let's talk about that. I want to elaborate a little, highlight that a little bit more. So that is what I like to call the decision hour. And as you know, because you've known me for a while, the decision hour, you know, this is all about when your feet are on that line, if you will, and it's time for you to make that decision. That that decision was upon you. Do you remember that day uh, when you decided to make that decision? Do you remember what it was like that day and the day after when you decided to leave the district and to do pursue what you're doing full time? I do. I do. And I just want to say a, a number of things led up to that actual decision. And it was like a knowing about a year prior to that actual decision, I had that feeling and that thought, like, this is not all there is for me. There's more for me to share, to grow, to exchange with the world. And I knew, I just had an inner knowing it was time to leave teaching. And so I didn't just make the decision to leave teaching at that moment. It was, okay, if I'm going to leave teaching, what am I going to do full time? And I knew I wanted to get back into coaching full time. So I did a number of things. I took a couple of more trainings and, um, and put myself out there just a little bit to see, are people going to be interested in what I'm doing? And so then when it led up to, I'm definitely resigning from the district, that decision had, it came from some preparation, right? It wasn't just a fly, I'm going to just take a risk and and go. It's, it was a thought out decision. So I want to highlight that because sometimes, because I'm, I'm a risk taker and anybody who knows me, you know me really well. You know, I sort of jump off the ledge and then build my airplane and, and, you know, jet engine on the way down. Right. Right. And then just go. Right. Um, And so it seems like, wow, she just made a decision in an instant and then that was it. But that's not really how it was. It was a, it was a decision over the course of about a year. And then the final decision was, yes, I'm doing it and I'm doing it now. And I, I thought I might give myself a year or two, but I decided, no, I'm done in a year. I was ready. And what is ready anyway? Right. You know, ready means I've made the decision and I'm doing it. And I'm willing to invest in myself. I invested in coaching with a very high-level coach who helped me with business and mindset. And that changed everything for me. Yes. That was the game changer. And folks, I got to tell you, it's been leaps and bounds. I've had the opportunity or the privilege to watch Marla transform into what she's doing today. And and she Marla is a relationship sex coach for couples, as she mentioned earlier. And if you don't have a pen and a piece of paper, go ahead, take a second and, and, and get one because you, this... She's going to be, this is a high, she's going to be a household name and she's already turning into <laughs> one. And, and she, she laughs at this because we've joked around about this for, for the latter part of a year. Like she's going to be like, she's going to have like her own TV show here soon. I can feel it. And, and she's going to be the most sought out, you know, relationship sex coach for couples here in the entire U S probably here in the world here very soon. So it, it's, if you're listening to this, in fact, 
for the listeners that are listening right now, and maybe they're in some relationship troubles uh, with their relationship with their significant other or, or what have you, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, anybody can go to my website, which is marlamattinson.com. That's M-A-T-T-E-N-S-O-N, marlamattinson.com. And, uh, and send me a personal message on there. It goes right through to my personal email. Um, uh, and also, if they just wanted to sign up to have a discovery call with me, they can do that through there. And a great way is always through Facebook or Instagram. And it's just Marla Mattinson. I'm the only Marla Mattinson on there. There's... There's people with slightly different spellings of name, but it, Marla Mattinson, M-A-T-T-E-N-S-O-N. is Broke the mold and there was, there was there. <laughs> tell you what, un, unbelievable. So tell me, yeah. I wanted to tell the listeners more about, you know, what, what you do. I mean, what is a, a relationship sex coach? That's a, that's another great question. So a relationship and sex, sex coach for me, the way, the way I do coaching is I work with couples. I tend to work with couples who one or both of the couple uh, of the partners are entrepreneurs. Um, and it's, I typically work with people who really love each other and they know they have everything it takes to be in this amazing relationship, but somehow the communication is just not quite hitting or, you know, one person sort of secretly feels like, is this all there is? I love this person, but isn't there more? And there's a lot of secret thoughts going on in, in the individual's mind that they feel like they can't really share with their partner because they don't want to hurt their feelings or um, they're just like, well, you know, we've allowed these things to go on for a while. It's just, you know, it's not a big deal. Keep going. But when, when we get into those dynamics, that just sweeps things under the carpet and it's, it, it adds up, you know, all of a sudden you've got this big pile underneath the carpet. And so I come in and even though there's a lot of love there, there's this disconnection and I come in and we look at what's under the carpet and we look and see typically for most couples, when sex becomes a big problem, that's when they start really looking for help, right? So either they stop having sex or the sex is just very monotonous and, you know, just standard and okay, I guess that's it. We're done. <laughs> and uh, right. Or, you know, what does it mean when one person is done and the other is not? Right. Right. So, I'm, and I'm blushing, everybody. Just so you, <laughs> you guys can't see us right now, but I'm blushing. This is, and this is this is why I love talking to Marla because she's so open about this stuff, and she helps a lot of people, a lot of couples uh, with this. So how long do you normally? I mean, is there? Do you have like a um, a program that's like so many weeks, or, or I mean, how does how does it work? Yeah. So. Uh, the way I do coaching is for a finite period of time, meaning it does not go on and on forever. It ends. Uh, I don't, you know, therapy is amazing. I've been in therapy. I think therapy is a fabulous thing for people to do. The therapy model for most therapists, not all therapists, but most therapists, it sort of goes on forever until somebody says, okay, I'm done. But the way I coach is it's for a finite period of time. I have a, like an intro package for couples who just want to dive in and get going for six weeks. And then I have a nine-month package that's a full immersion. Uh, I take a couple on a private weekend retreat with me and my assistant, and we go through all kinds of incredible life-changing experiences on a private retreat. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. So it's for a finite period of time, and that 
that sort of lights a fire under them, which is there's a sense of urgency. If you know you're only working with me for six weeks or nine months, you're going to do the work. And also, clearly, if you're working with me, you're going to do the work because I don't let anybody get away with not doing the work. (laughs) Shouldn't let anybody. (laughs) To be clear, you talk to her. She will not let you get away with anything folks. And that's, and that's a good thing. Cause I'm, I'm grateful for it. She's put me in my place <laughs> monthly in a, in a loving way. Uh, absolutely. Loving oh, way. Of course. All, all for, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. of course I do that for myself. Right. I do that for myself. Right. I don't let my get, I don't let myself get away with anything. I practice everything I preach. Yeah, yes, you do. And I can, I can vouch for that wholeheartedly. It's amazing. The things that you've done in the last year, uh, just watching you grow. So I, I I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, thanks Adam. Well, you know, I know, you, you know, with re- you talked about the the couples and stuff that you work with right now, both usually, you know, they're, they're both CEOs, entrepreneurs uh, or whatnot. You know, can you talk about is, does it just affect that relationship? Uh, does it affect their business relationship? I mean, you said communication is, is a big thing. You stated that it's earlier. And, it, and, it, and it's like when you, I can't imagine being a business owner uh, having a significant other that was a business owner and something else, and we're both back and forth. Because I'm a pain in the ass to get along with anyway, as you know. So <laughs> it's it's a, no comment. Um, so how did how does that work then with with the communication and stuff like that? I mean, I want to I want to dig into that more. Yeah, I love this because um, the dynamic with. Being in a partnership with an entrepreneur, whether one or both partners are entrepreneurs, there's a certain dynamic that happens. And first of all, let's talk about employee mindset versus entrepreneur mindset. Okay. Okay? So even if both partners are entrepreneurs, one partner has more of an employee mindset and the other partner will have more of an entrepreneur mindset. Now, what do I mean by that? Employee mindset is risk adverse. They don't want to take risks as much as an entrepreneur mindset. An employee mindset is somebody who uh, values stability and uh, consistency and they sort of know what's coming next. And there's always one, we call, I call that the anchor. You know, there's one person that's more of the anchor in the relationship. And then the other person is more like the balloon. And so, you know, I'm more of the balloon in a relationship where I'm like, I'm going to fly over here. And, (laughs) and I love to take risks. I take calculated risks, but I love to take risks and, um, and I'm, I'm willing to take risks. And so the entrepreneur mindset set is somebody who they, they see a goal. They want to reach that goal. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest. They're willing to invest at a high level. And they're willing to do the work. And so that balance is a beautiful thing when both people respect the other person's mindset. The challenge, of course, is when one person, let's say if I'm the balloon in the relationship, I'm the, you know, more of the entrepreneur mindset and I judge the other person, I judge my partner and I say, you know, why can't you just believe in me and, and go with me on this? And the other person's thinking, I just want to protect us and and make sure, you know, we have a home and make sure everything is good. And so the the problems come in communication, which is whether it's verbal communication or nonverbal, right? Because I could give a look and it says everything, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Right. People don't even have to see what we're talking about right now, and they can. Yeah, they can. Like, there's obviously there's some tension. Right there. It's like, like, hey, oh, I've on? seen that look. I don't want to see that look. <laughs> <laughs> but, right? but but what? 
sometimes you hear you hear the the phrase. There's been that phrase that people have heard that opposites attract. And and what you're talking about right now, you know, one being more stable, one being more of the the balloon. You would think that that would complement each other. They do really they well. Do if if we remove judgment, blame and guilt. Okay. okay. And so this is what I teach my couples is how to have any conflict or any communication free from defensiveness, blame and guilt and judgment, totally free from that. And so how do you do that? Yeah. It's about really, you have to be very aware of what's going on within yourself. And you have to know that the other person is never intentionally trying to hurt or harm you. So you can ask, all the listeners right now can ask themselves this right now, of those who are in a relationship, okay, um, or in even, even in a business partnership. Is this person that I'm having a, tr- a struggle with intentionally ever intentionally trying to hurt or harm me? That's the first question to ask. If the answer is yes, then get out of that relationship, right. okay? Right. If the answer is no, that you know in your heart that that person is never intentionally trying to hurt or harm me in any kind of malicious way, then you have to remind yourself of that in the moment when there's a conflict. And when there is a conflict and you say, it feels like you're trying to hurt me right now, but I know somewhere in my heart that you're never trying to hurt or harm me. So this is me taking responsibility for I'm having a reaction. So just a little bit of coaching here, if we could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Is to say to yourself, and to say out loud even, in the middle of a conflict, hold on a second, I'm having a reaction. It's not, you said this to me, or it's not pointing the finger, there's no defensive, there's no blame, any of that. All you're doing is saying, I'm having a reaction. That means, oh, she's having a reaction. Maybe it's something I did, maybe she had some, you know, too much lunch, she's having, a, her tummy's hurting, who knows what's going on with her, but she's <laughs> having a reaction, it might have nothing to do with me. And it might, right? So right. then it allows the other partner to sort of, sort of take a step back and say, my partner's having a reaction. She's trying to take responsibility for that. I'm going to calm down and I'm going to try and support her in becoming aware of why she's having such a strong reaction. And that's the beginning of unraveling these old unhealthy patterns of blame and shame and guilt and defensiveness. You know, I, I, I once read here as of recent that your your reaction will uh, determine your, what was it, was your, your reaction will... Well, the next step after reaction was was uh, your action, and then your action produces your your outcome uh, of it. And sometimes in a relationship, it's hard. Some people can be very <clears throat> non-supportive, or they could they could say things that they don't necessarily mean out of anger or something like that. So we call that, as you're saying, a reaction to things. And then you might not take the the right reaction to it, which is going to ultimately cause the outcome eventually and you may not like that outcome so if you know that you don't want a certain outcome you could really got to be aware of what your reaction to somebody is and it's easy for us to act i mean we, i do it all the time as you know and i mean we're everybody's human but i think it's it's good that if you're aware of that and you can take a step back and, and recognize especially if you care about the person um it seems like you would go much farther so my next question to you is um you deal with with uh, 
you know, the the balloon and the more stable. Like I, I like to call it the yin and yang, if you will. Kind okay, of, you sure. Know, mm-hmm. mix, kind of, kind of the mix. So, what happens when you have like a yin and yang and a yang and a yang or something like that? <laughs> that you know what I mean? That like, oh, they're they're so much alike. You Here's know, they, what happens in those relationships. Yeah. Okay, those relationships are awesome. Really? Um, oh yeah, yeah, they're really great. The, the challenge in those relationships is okay. that when both partners get on a high, they're both on that high together. But then when they're both on a low, they're both on the low together. And so the lows are the challenges in those relationships. So when you have two people who, let's say, both have employee mindset, okay, okay. where they're both very anchored and stable or whatever, then they get into this, these patterns, more, more ruts. Maybe they, they don't take risks, so they don't do things. So they, they become the homebodies together and they don't go out and they, you know, nobody plans anything. And so, you know, they just kind of have dinners at home and it becomes kind of boring and monotonous. Um, over time uh, until one person is like, let's kind of do something different here. Right. So those, that's on a, on a, the entrepreneurs, this is where, when you have two entrepreneurs that are both very high level risk takers, you know, I mean, they can, (laughs) there can be all kinds of problems with that. The the (laughs) challenge on the challenge side of that, which is, um, you know, they're both so busy in the business right. that they forget about the connection with the relationship. They forget about, uh, you know, the children, if there's children involved. Um, and maybe they forget about having the house cleaned. Or I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen when both people are really set on their goals and their, and their vision. Um, and they're more of the risk takers together. Um, if both people are more volatile in terms of their communication, like if they're both more extroverted and I'm going to say what I need to say, then you get into this like kind of a, a you know, a little bit of a, <laughs> a dog fight kind of a thing <laughs> in the communication. Um, and if, and if both people are more silent and withdrawn, then you end up with this, you know, distance where nothing is really said. And then, then that leads to passive aggressive behavior and, and, and other issues. So they're, but they're great things about those relationships too, because when they're all both on the high together, I mean, there's nobody more fun and more interesting to hang around with than couples like that. Right. So in your professional, uh, I don't want to say opinion, but for, for what you, what you've experienced and, and stuff with couples, do you, do you see, what do you see more being more successful or one, maybe ones that you've worked with, the, the, the yin and the yang or the, yes. or the yang yang? Yeah, no, the yin, the yin and the yang tend to be more... No. Um, Is that because, like, with let's say uh, you being the balloon... Let's just for for this for this interview purpose, we'll we'll use this as an example. Let's use you and I as an example. You being the balloon, and let's say that I'm more of the the uh, employee anchor anchor, anchor mm-hmm. if you will. So we the, obviously opposites attract, which is not really true, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, because we're not. You're more of a balloon too. Go ahead. Well, the cat's out of the bag. Thanks. Just for the listeners. Oh, <laughs> so. So and she's right. I'm I'm more of a balloon too. But for this for this purpose, let's say that I'm I'm uh I'm more of the the anchor okay. the anchor. Um. So you have the opposites the opposites kind of a, a, a opposites attract. Excuse me. So you complement each other in each other's weakness, but then you also complement each other's strengths as 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 well. So I one and it's just me and this could be completely ignorant saying this, but I would think that that would be more successful because. 
you're covering almost like a 360, if you will, uh, uh, of each other. Like, you know, that person's this way, you got their back to whereas if you're the same, you're both focused on the same thing. Well, what about the stuff that we're not good at? Who's <laughs> right. covering that? Who's covering our ass on that? You know, exactly. what I mean? you know what I mean? So that's kind of my thought on that. But it's, so you're saying the yin and yang is more uh, in likely, my experience, more likely. Yeah, in, in my experience um, of working with couples, the, the, what you're calling the yin and the yang is definitely, um, a dynamic that really thrives in with entrepreneurs. So the, and again, the key is when you realize that your partner doesn't do things the way you do, let's say I'm the anchor. Okay. And I'm with a partner who's more of the balloon, who's more of the risk taker. If I'm judging that person because I'm in fear, then that's going to, undermine the relationship, right? So it's about me as the anchor taking responsibility for saying, you know, I feel really nervous about you investing at that level. Can we talk about that? As opposed to, you know, I don't know, you've done, you've done this thing, you've done that thing, that hasn't worked, you invested here, that didn't work. You know, there's a way that somebody can undermine or undercut the relationship by the way they communicate their feelings and their concerns that is not healthy for somebody who is a balloon. If you're with somebody who's the balloon, you want to have them thrive. You want to have them go good, go big, go big as big as you possibly can. I'm here to support you, right? And most of the time, people who are balloons, I just love calling them balloons because it's a great visual, right? Most people who are balloons that are with more anchor partners feel like their balloon gets popped and they feel like deflated, right? I mean, how many times do you have an amazing idea and you want to tell your partner and you've told your partner a hundred different amazing ideas and, and, you know, it's hard to stay enthusiastic about a hundred different ideas when only one of them ever takes flight, right? So, but the, the anchor's job is to say, oh, that's so interesting. Cool. What are you going to do with it? And that alone gives that balloon even a little bit more air. It gives them a little more flight. And instead of saying, oh, well, okay, let's see what happens. You know, it's really challenging for somebody who's more of a balloon to have a partner who's like a Debbie Downer, who's right. not enthusiastic. And, it, and yet it's hard to be enthusiastic about a hundred different ideas right. when you never see any of them take flight. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a complex dynamic and, but I love that dynamic. It's exciting for me to help couples see how they can really love and support each other through those. So, you know, the whole thing, I hear a lot of communication in this, in, in this conversation. So how, what's the best way for, for couples or for, for CEOs, whether it's in, in a uh, relationship with a significant other, cause it's who you work with, but or, or maybe they can even use that skill set to for their employees or whatnot. What's the best way to communicate with people? So, of course, that's a complex question. Um, here's how I here's the basis of what I teach. Okay, um, it's called the listen and respond technique. Okay? okay, so it's very simple. You're either listening or you're responding. <laughs> it's not. That part is not complex, right? So you're, and there, here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. You're either listening to yourself or you're listening to the other person. Okay. Okay. And you're either responding internally to yourself or you're responding externally 
to the person that you're dealing with. Okay. okay. Whether, and this goes for relationships, this goes for CEO of a company, this goes for employees, this goes for anybody who's in communication with anybody. You're either listening or you're responding and how you listen makes a big difference. So you're either listening with a critical mind or you're listening with an open mind or sort of anything in between. But let's just talk about the extremes. You're either like, nothing can get in through your filter because you've already decided is a bad idea. You've already decided you don't like this, this idea or what they're saying, or you're, you're skeptical, right? So you've got your skeptic hat on. Mm -hmm. So that's your choice. How are you listening? You're either listening with that skeptic mind or you're listening with an open mind. Like, hmm, this person had 99 ideas yesterday. Let me listen to this idea today, right? And listen with an open mind. Maybe this one is a really great one. Right. Right? And I can help give it some, some wind to take flight. So that's the listening piece. So that's your awareness. You have to be aware of how you're listening first. Because if, if you become aware that you're listening with a critical mind, and one way to check this, this is kind of a cool way to check it, is see if you can become aware of something physical in your body. Is your, is your face sort of crunched in and your eyebrows are squinched? Is your mouth tight? Is your jaw tight? Are you literally like grasping your hands? Or are your hands open? Is your chest open? Is your smile open? Is your, are your eyes, well, of course your eyes are probably open, but are your, you know, is your forehead relaxed? So you gotta, you gotta ask yourself these questions internally <coughs> to check and see, okay. am I listening with a critical mind? Like, am I in, you know, really crunching in or am I open to listening? That's the first thing. That's a great analogy. I never looked at it that way. Cause usually I have a kind of a scowl. My eyebrows always up, my jaws always locked, but it's like, I'm just so, in, I'm kind of an intense guy anyway, <laughs> as you know. So I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. But then you're right. It's making sense. Like, Oh, okay. Maybe I need to just, you know, take a deep breath and relax, open up as you say, because I've never, never thought about it. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Folks, yeah. let, real quick, Marley, let's give your information out again. Those of you that are listening to the show right now, open up another browser. Okay. And Marla, give your contact information one more time, how people can go check you out. Sure. They can go to marlamattinson.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-M-A-T-T-E-N-S-O-N.com or go to Facebook and like my professional page or send me a message on my personal page. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. So yeah. let's, yeah, let's go back on that. So I like, I like the fact that if you open up you know, smile, loosen up and just loosen up really. I mean, just yes. loosen up and listen and you open or open up as you say, that's just such a great analogy. And I'm like, wow, that's, it's so easy to do. You just have to remember it. That's the hard part. You have to remember it. And if you're in person, it's even more important. And especially if you actually are an employee uh, or the CEO of a company and you're speaking with an employee or some, some member of your crew, you know, your body language is everything. If you come in and you're all tight and you've got your arms crossed and you've got your, you know, eyes in a scowl, you think that people don't understand that or read that? You could just be thinking a negative thought and people can feel it. I mean, think about it. If you go to a party, imagine yourself at a party. Yeah. Okay. And you can see a bunch of people around at this party. You can't hear what anybody's really saying, but you can tell immediately who you would want to go talk to or not. And not just based on, you know, physical attraction, actually based on their energy. Right. You can feel who's open to talking, who's closed down, 
who's too shy to talk to, who's kind of leading the room. You, know, you can tell everybody in the room just by really paying attention. I would invite people to do that. Go into Starbucks or go into some place and, and check out who would you actually want to talk to in this room. So that's something you're pretty good at doing? <laughs> yes. What do you mean? What are you really asking? No, I was just asking the open, just an open question. Like when you walk in, you can read people's body language and just be like, oh, I want to go talk to that person there yes. or something like that. Oh, okay. I know, I know immediately who the power, uh, the power people are in the room. A hundred percent. And anybody does. I mean, really, if you really turn this part of your brain on right. and you say to yourself, who holds the power in this room? Personal power. Who has low self-esteem in this room? Who has genuine high self-esteem in this room? I mean, you can feel it and you can read it in their bodies. And this is something actually, I mean, I don't talk about this very often, but um, I do body postural evaluations where I help people understand how their physical body is impacting how they're seen and portrayed in the world and their facial expressions and what's actually happening on a, on a physical level in their body that's sharing their actual story with the world. So, because whatever you're thinking on the inside gets magnified and amplified through your physical movements on the outside. Never looked at it that way, but it makes sense. And so what are you telling yourself inside and then that gets magnified on the outside so that your partner hears it? Right. I mean, you know, anybody who's been in a relationship or who's currently in a relationship knows, you know, exactly what your partner's thinking and, and what's really going on for them. Even if they don't say a word, you feel it. All right. So you're bringing up a good point. So let's talk about that for a minute. So let's say that your partner, you feel something that you feel like something's wrong and you ask them, hey, you know, is everything all right? You know, what's or what's going on? Nothing. I'm fine or Nothing. And, and that seems to be their go-to answer every time you ask. And then they get irritated that you keep asking him <laughs> that question. When is it a point where you're just like, listen, cut the bull. Because, uh, yeah, 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 tell me the truth. Because clearly your body language is saying something completely different. I mean, do you go after somebody and s say it like that? I mean, I'm not the most tactical person. <laughs> So if you've got a better way, I'm, and we, me and the listeners are listening. <laughs> great. Yeah, no, this is a great question. Um, and this is something I definitely teach. This is about taking responsibility for what you feel. So if I'm with my partner and he's in the other room and he's doing something and I can tell he's upset, let's say he's banging dishes around while he's washing the dishes. Okay. And he, it's like a little louder than normal. And, you know, I hear like a, you know, like a sigh and, you know, you, you could just tell he's dealing with something. He's mm -hmm. angry. You know, something's going on over there and I feel it. Here's what I suggest. I say, you know, you can go in the other room and wait for eye contact. That's first. You have to wait, you know, don't wait while, don't say anything while they're still like doing the dishes in the sink and doing the behavior. Say, Hey babe, can I talk to you for a second? And wait until they're actually looking at you face to face and then you take responsibility for what you feel. Hey, I'm, f I'm feeling a little uncomfortable in my body. And it's probably from something that might be going on with you. Can you check in with yourself? Is there something going on with you? Are you upset about something? Does it have to do with me or something else? And if they say no, do you say, then here's the thing. Say, okay, if you realize something else, then let me know if you want to talk about it. But you don't keep poking at them saying, 
oh, come on. I know I feel it. I know you're angry. You're upset about that. Don't project all over. You don't know what's going on. Right. Right. And, and I've made this mistake. So I'm really good at, making, you know, sharing this piece, which is don't poke at them. If they say, no, nothing's going on, then you just leave it with the opening of, okay, cool. I was sensing something, but you know, if you want to talk about something at some point, let me know. I'm available. Love you, babe. And go away. Let them have some space. But women, and I'm one of them, so I'm, I know, we tend to keep, we don't believe our partners. We just keep poking at them. No, there's got to be something going on. I feel it. I know it. I, I sense it. And we don't just let our partner have the no. Because here's the thing. They might not be aware of it. It's obvious to us, but they might not be aware of it. And also, it might, they, it might just be the way they're processing they had a crappy day at work or something, something happened, they're thinking about something and it really has nothing to do with you or they just don't want to talk about it. Just because you're in a loving relationship doesn't mean you have to talk about every little thing with your partner. It's okay to keep some things to yourself to just, I'm processing it. I don't really want to talk about it. It's okay. You don't have to process every little thing. Okay. Noted. I'm taking notes myself. Right now. I saw that. <laughs> What did you write down there? I said, Adam? "Don't, don't, don't poke." That's the biggest, biggest thing. And I think, I think you can use that whether you're in a, uh, you know, whether it's with your significant other, people at work, if you have kids. Those of you that listen to the show know that I'm a single parent. I have a teenager now, and and uh, he's not a small teenager, so mm-hmm. it's it's like, you know, I sometimes I poke the bear or the the cub if I you know, and uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where. It's not wise for me to poke the cub because he's <laughs> not going to be a cub much longer. So it's a- That's right. And, and, you know, it's important to let them know you're available. I work with a lot of couples. I love, I love complexity. So I work with a lot of couples who are entrepreneurs and they have children. So they're running a business or multiple businesses and they have children. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts there. And, if you ask somebody what's going on and they say, I don't want to talk about it or there's nothing going on, number one, just believe them and just say, okay. Internally say, okay. And then you just offer to them, hey, if babe or son, you know, whoever you're talking to, if you realize that there's something going on, you do want to talk about it, you know, I love you, I'm available. And then leave it alone. Okay. Okay. All right. Good advice. Good Can we mind. go back to the listen and respond technique? Absolutely. Okay, because we talked about listening, okay. listening to myself, listening to the other, mm-hmm. right? Are you listening with a critical mind? Are you listening with an open mind? You're, if you're actually in person, body language, right. right? And then the response, okay? So this, the response is everything. And you, you brought this up earlier, you know, the reaction that turns into action that turns into your outcome. So the response You've got a verbal response and you've got a nonverbal response. Okay. 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 So your verbal response are the actual words you choose to use, right? And so when somebody is coming at you with some sort of a conflict, how you respond verbally is going to make a huge difference, right? Right. So if I'm talking about just partnership right now, love relationships, when my partner comes to talk to me about something that, let's say, is not so easy to hear, okay? Okay. He's sharing something with me that I did or said that upset him okay. or made him feel, you know, not 
not amazing. Okay. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Okay. I've trained myself that my first response is to say thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. I, I know it's not easy to tell me that. And I want to give positive reinforcement for if he has the courage to tell me how I'm really impacting him, I want him to do more of that right. so that we can have a real authentic, deep relationship and not just a superficial, you know, yeah, we're all, everything's good. Don't worry about it. Sweep it under the rug. My, in my life, it's important to me with my friendships, my love relationship everywhere to have real authentic relationships where people can tell me the truth. Right. You know, if I stepped on somebody's toe, I want to know. And so my first response, and I encourage this in my couples, is to say, to pause and say, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for telling me that. It's not easy to hear. Give me just a second to kind of take it in, take it in and, yeah. and feel into how I want to really respond here. Right. If you can practice that, your life will change. Your love relationship will change. The relationship with your business will change. Right. If you have an employee come to you, if you're the business owner, you have an employee come to you and say something and your first response is, thank you for telling me that. Wow. You're going to get real feedback from your employees. You're not just going to get, oh, everything's cool. Everything's good. Meanwhile, people are stealing things and, you know, these, these customers weren't happy, but I don't really want to tell you because you always yell at me when I tell you something negative. Right. So okay. thank you for telling me that. Now, not everybody can do that, right? That's right. kind of a little advanced, right? Because um, our first response is usually defense. Um, and if I find, no, if I find that my first response is defense, then, and I can't just say thank you, right? Because it's, it's challenging, right? Right. Then I do the response of just give me a second, I'm having a reaction. So it's usually one of those two responses. Well, see, that's not bad either, though, when you, if, no. if, when you say it like that. So it's really, I mean, that's, you might be in the defense, and this is just me, it, but, and of course I know you, but it's like even looking at you, now we're on Skype, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Marla. So when, when you, you're saying that that's your defense, and you just say, hey, hold on, I'm just having a reaction here. I'm saying that I'm feeling defensive on the inside, right, right. but I'm doing everything I possibly can to not have that come out my mouth. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Right? Because when it comes out my mouth in a defensive way, then that's when it just starts to escalate. One thing leads to the next, leads to the next, and then all of a sudden we're in a big fat argument bringing in all kinds of things from the past that never got resolved before. And so this is the first step in actually having loving conversation and conflict, loving conflict, right, that doesn't involve defensiveness. So internally I might feel defensive, like, well, why did he say that, right? But my words are going to say, okay, hang on a second. I'm feeling, you know, I can even say it. I'm feeling defensive. I'm having a reaction. Just give me a second, right? And then I do everything I can to just let the feedback in, just let it all in. Because why? This person loves me. Right. This person cares about me. And if they didn't, they wouldn't have said anything to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason he's saying something is because he wants a better relationship and he wants to tell me the truth. Right. Right. So this is the listen and, and respond technique. So it's, it's very simple, but it's a little, you know, you, you have to really practice it. Listen to yourself 
What are the thoughts? What are the emotions? What are the sensations going on in your body while somebody's talking to you in a, in a, in a conflict way, right? And maybe in an, even an aggressive way. And the reason why I work with couples is because when both partners are practicing this at the same time, it just, everything softens so much faster. You can imagine like if only one person is doing this work in the partnership and the other person's not doing the work, then the one person's working really hard at staying focused and calm and, and the other person's just going to do their reaction. So it's way more challenging. And this is why I love working with couples because both partners are on board. What's the, uh, what's the hardest, I mean, I mean, this whole conversation, I mean, it seems like a lot of this boils down to communication, how to communicate. Um, you know, listen, listening is another another big thing. And I it might have answered the next question I wanted to ask you, but what was something else that you see in in relationships or working with, with, with couples, entrepreneurs, business owners? What else is I mean does it take to keep that relationship going other than the communication side of it? Oh, oh well that's a that's a big question. Um, the communication in my opinion is everything. Most it's really point. everything. Okay. And, um, and yet it has offshoots, right? So if one person is more of the planner in the relationship, then the other person needs to step up and do some planning, right? If one person is always doing the planning, eventually, even if they love doing planning, eventually that's going to be annoying. It's right. going to be something that is, um, you know, an obligation, and the other person is never going to develop their skills to plan and do something, you know, in a surprise. I was working with this couple um, who one of the partners uh, planned a, a, a tea and chocolate pairing. So, you know, she knew that her partner loved tea and loves chocolate. And so I, we were talking about maybe doing a wine tasting or something like that. And then I said, oh, why don't you do like a, a tea, a tea and chocolate pairing where you can, you know, put these things together because she had never really planned anything for her partner. It was always the partner that was doing all the planning and it was a huge success. It was really, really fun. They had a great time. So, you know, something simple, it doesn't even have to cost a lot of money. Just plan something, you know, plan. Another suggestion I have a lot is to plan, um, in your schedules, plan a 45 minute walk. Just go for a walk together around the neighborhood. I mean, who cares? You can do that with your children. Say, hey, we're gonna just go for a walk. We're gonna do, you know, 45 minute walk three times a week. So we actually just have time. It's a great thing to do after dinner with the whole family. Just get out of the house and go for a walk. It's great for digestion. It's great for communication. And just to, you know, not have to stare at each other across the dinner table you know, you actually can, you know, move around. Oh, so what is going on? And it's just a little easier sometimes for people to talk while they're walking and spending time together and spending time together, quality time together. Right. Cause one of the big issues that I see has to do with the devices, the electronic devices. And this is, there was a great article in psychology today, um, last month about, it was called menage a trois. And it was two couples in bed with an iPad in between them. Not what <laughs> so, I was thinking. Not what I was right? thinking. Right? It's a little different uh, totally ruined thought it. there. Nope. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'd say, I say this a lot, you know, like, are you cheating on your partner with your business? Ooh. What, right? kind, of, what so, kind of reaction do you get when you, when you ask I, that? Usually that. Anybody who's an entrepreneur like you are, you know, uh, they go, oh, yeah, oh, dang, that's, that hits home. Because you know what happens you know, 
entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs, it's, there's no time, you know, frame where they're like not busy. They're not working. Right. You know, I mean, if something comes in on your phone, you want to respond to it pretty immediately. Once you get to a certain level, you really want to schedule your time when you're working and schedule your time off and you just leave your device at home or you leave your device somewhere where you can't see it so that you're not, you know, um, uh, addicted to it in that way. But let's say you are home with your partner, uh, you're having an amazing time and then you see a text come in and, uh, and you go, Oh, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And you go to the bathroom Maybe you have to pee, but really what you want to do is you want to go in the other room and you want to like respond to this message or you want to sign this one last contract or, you know, you want to do this one last thing. And it's, it's like, if it's secret, it's, it's the form of cheating. I mean, it's a, so this is very, you know, I use that word lightly, right? But right. it's a, it is a form of deception. Well, you're, you're cheating the time, your, your significant other's time away from your undivided attention. Exactly. And in that article, which really it was a great article, in that article they basically were saying that the pauses and the downtimes that we used to have in our relationships are now being filled in with our devices. And so that's when the time that we would connect on a deeper level would happen. Back in the day, there'd be downtime in the relation, in, in the moment, in the conversation. And instead we reach for our devices now. And back in the day, we would reach towards each other and we'd, we'd go into a deeper conversation. And now the, the conversations tend to be more, more superficial because as soon as you get into a deeper part of the conversation, mm-hmm. if one person reaches for their device, it immediately goes back up to a superficial conversation because you know your partner is not really paying attention. Right. It's the same with children. This is why we want the kids to put the phones away. We want to have a better conversation with them and they're with their phone. It's a, it's a problem. It's a big problem. And this is why I love seeing, you know, those, those great little Instagram photos of, you know, stacks of phones on a, on a dinner table where, you know, nobody has access to their phone because they're really actually paying attention to each other and it leaves time for having a deeper conversation. All right. Noted. Noted. I like that. I like that. Why don't you give everybody your contact information again, Marla? Sure. It's uh, marlamattinson.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-M-A-T-T-E-N-S-O-N.com. Send me a message through there. I'd love to hear if you had any interesting insights from this uh, interview with Adam here. Always happy to to chat. And uh, Facebook is a great way to find me as well. Marla, we got just a couple minutes left here. I got one other question. What advice can you give our listeners today? If you had one key advice that you would give to those couples and those entrepreneurs out there that are in relationships, what's the one, what's the one key thing that you would give them today? Hmm. The one key, I'd say take some time to really know what you want and then go for it. Like as if nobody else mattered Everybody's always going to matter in your life. But what if you actually went for what you really, truly wanted as if nobody else mattered? Just energetically, that way of thinking, like what if nobody else mattered and I just went for my dreams, my goals, then you're so much more likely to reach your goals and your dreams, whether they are in relationship or in business or anything, because people are always going to matter. You're not going to actually have people not matter, but just think about it that way. And then go for it. 
You heard it right there. Know what you want, folks. Marla, I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Adam. I really, really enjoyed this. This I got is a, great. I got a feeling, folks, you're going to be hearing a lot from Marla here in the next couple of months. Uh, we're going to have planning on having her back on the show here again in a couple of months to talk about some more stuff. But um, Marla, thanks again. And uh, yeah, you're always welcome. Always, always got a mic here on uh, on the Decision Hour and with the with the network. Thank you so much, Adam. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Miss Marla Matson. Uh, relationship sex coach expert and I'm telling you get to know that name because you're going to see a lot of her over the course of the next few years uh, we're going to have her back on doing a series uh, here at the decision hour she'll be coming back on here doing a, a special for uh, Veterans Day and then um, another one just after the first of the year so make sure you check her stuff out folks that's all the time I got today so be sure huge shout out to uh, Heroes Media Group make sure you check them out www.heroesmediagroup.com And uh, until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.